morning, City Church. This is Ann Stewart Freeman, hoping to bring you a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. This fall, I had the opportunity to lead a small group for women at City Church on Monday nights. When I was deciding what the content should be, I was reminded of several times in the past that I had done Lectio Divina in a group format. I remembered that it was a different way of reading scripture. It's more with the heart and less with the mind. I remember that I had great conversations with the others in the group, that we all gravitated towards different parts of the passage, and that I learned from these different perspectives. But that's all I really had to go on. By no means am I a Lectio Divina expert. To give a better definition for those who are unfamiliar, Lectio Divina is a contemplative way of reading scripture that has been used in the church for centuries. It is usually practiced individually, and it involves a lot of silence, meditation, prayer, and journaling. It's founded on the principle that the Bible is not just a word to be studied, but that it's the living, breathing word of God. So this fall, we adapted it to a group format where we read scripture together, had times of silence, and then shared what we heard from God's word usually focusing on one word or phrase that jumped out at us in the passage and considering how it relates to our lives. It led to really wonderful conversations and getting to know each other on a deeper level. Don't worry, this podcast is not just a plug for the Monday Night Small Group, but ladies, if you are interested, we will be continuing this semester. If not, I highly recommend that you try Lectio Divina on your own. Anyways, the point is... We reflected on Ephesians together this fall, and today one of our lectionary readings is from Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. So, of course, I thought of our group. This morning, in Lectio fashion, I'm going to reflect on one phrase that spoke to me when I read the passage this time. The phrase is, it is not your own doing. It comes from verse 8. Let me give you a little more context, reading all of verse 8 through verse 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This verse may be familiar to many of you. It pretty much sums up the gospel. We needed saving. We couldn't do it ourselves. Jesus did it for us as a free gift, and we have access to this gift through faith. But back to my phrase. It is not your own doing. My, how we struggle with this. That notion can be hard for us, that we don't have to do anything. In fact, we can't. That even our best efforts of being good Christians don't mean anything in terms of salvation. I think it's easy to become a Christian and then proceed to try to earn our salvation that we already have and can't be earned. We follow the rules and read our Bibles and volunteer at church and you fill in the blank. Those things make us feel better about the fact that Jesus' free gift of salvation came at great cost. In his study, Galatians for You, Tim Keller says, It's as though we are given a gift, but give it back to the giver so that we can strive to earn it. But I think this verse really levels the playing field. In another Keller book, The Prodigal God, he talks about how Jesus' message is that both the irreligious and the religious are spiritually lost, 
both life paths are dead ends, and that every thought the human race has had about how to connect to God has been wrong. Again, in his study on Galatians, he says, My good performance does not make me right with God, nor does my bad performance really make me any more lost and hopeless. All stand equally lost and equally able to be saved. This is a common theme for Keller because it is the very heart of the gospel. Our best performance cannot save us, and neither can our worst performance count us out for being able to receive salvation through faith. None of us, Christian, atheist, moral, immoral, none of us deserve anything. We are all at the mercy of God's mercy, and he gives it freely. So if that's the case, does it really matter what we do or how we live? Of course it does. Verse 10 goes on to say, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We were made for good works. But here's the difference. We don't do them to earn anything. We literally can't. But we do them out of love for our Father, who lavishes us with his love and mercy. We do them out of grateful joy rather than fearful compliance, to steal another idea from Keller. So when I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough for God to love me, or when I'm feeling superior to others who don't follow God, I need to remember that my standing with God is not of my own doing. I should feel neither inferior nor superior. I should just feel grateful and at rest in the arms of my Father who rescued me. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Good Morning City Church. Until then, stay well and do good.